0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Honestly, I just felt like giving our youth as much time as they needed to just release on us because, man, we can think it's all about adults sometimes and we can do all the stuff because, and it's not, it's just. But you don't get to see the youth and, and the fire. I, I got text message updates during the, uh, during the conference and videos, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Oh, um, let me pray for us. Father, we... <laughs> we love you., oh, we love you. And we love you, thankful God for what you're doing here, God. Thankful for what you're doing, God. Amen, yeah, God. You are the desire of the nations. You are the desire of the nations, Father. The desire of the nations. Everybody is getting a knock on their door today. Mm. Wow. Amen. I'm kind of messed up. I I was at Starbucks earlier this morning, and one of the guys came up. I know his name. He knows mine, and we're just chatting, and I end up, we just, I tell him I'm a pastor, and he goes, "Oh, that's so great!" And I went to go see this this guy Michael Koulianos last night. And I'm like, "I know who Michael Koulianos is," <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, I was just I was just there, and I was just 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 crying and weeping, and I don't know how I didn't realize this guy was even saved." And he starts telling me all about his roommates that are um, that are just like believe there's a power out there that they're following, and so we just started talking about how how God they all want Jesus. Every he is the desire of the nations. Everybody desires Jesus. Um, the, the reality is they just don't know him. They just know something is pulling them into something, right? And, um, and he's knocking. He's knocking on everybody's door. He's just going door to door, isn't he? <laughs> he's just like, he won't take no for an answer. Um, I guess he will take no for an answer, but <laughs> not till the last day, though. <laughs> that, that's good news. Um, he, he won't let you alone. Oh, Father. Okay. Oh. Oh, we have a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, I'll say this: in about a month, we have twenty-five Bethel students from Bethel Church coming down, and they're going to run the church service for us. Um, that's coming up, and I think it's end of March. Um, they're gonna run. They're gonna do most of worship. They're gonna do prophetic booths, which basically means you're, you can sit down with two people and get like a fifteen-minute prophetic word. Um, so you just re- hit record and just 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 go. Um, so that's coming. We're going to do a Monday night glory meeting with them. And we're just going to release just words of knowledge, prophetic words. Just get a, a radically, just get radically wrecked and messed up together. Amen. And then Tuesday, we're going to invite them out with Jay and his, his radical team of uh, of uh, believers of Jesus. Not just evangelists; they're just sons and daughters. And, um, and they're going to they're gonna join us down in Huntington, all 25 of them, and we're going to do awesome ministry. We're just going to see what God does in the streets um, with even more excitement. So um, that's coming. I'm excited for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Steve Backlin's coming. Awesome. How many of you guys have been doing the negativity fast, positivity feast? Raise your hand. You've like, you've dabbled in it. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's new for some of us, so it's not something I just pick up. It's not like a 90-day Bible reading plan. It's like you actually have to like fast and that's hard but have you guys have you guys have actually felt like you you're, you're catching yourself more often on negative thoughts words awesome one little tip if you ever want you get a rubber band just put it around your wrist and every time you catch yourself saying this day is so hard you just pull it out and then you let it go <laughs> and it goes snap and you, you remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's going to be awesome day, God. Jesus, every day that you're in has the power to be awesome. <laughs> so just if you need a little help, a little rubber band, never hurt anybody, all right? <laughs> this isn't like penance, you know. It's literally just reminding changing our beliefs one snap at a time. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm using two microphones. <laughs> all right. Is this on? <laughs> You know what, he (laughs) said anything. I thought you were my (laughs) friends. Stereo. (laughs) Pan me left and right, all right. (laughs) Wouldn't it be cool if I walked over here, that speaker stopped and, all right. We're way out of line. Okay, Identity Series, let me get my Bible. Um, We're in the middle of Identity Series. We're in week two. Um, The first week was... um, I am, do you guys remember? I am a saint. And that was mostly about salvation and that we are saved into Christ. And you know what? Isn't it a good day when we preach on salvation and someone gets saved? Hallelujah. Um, So today we're going after I am righteous. Now, you might think they're fairly similar, and they are, but the reality is this whole topic feels like it's a week-long sermon. And so we're just hitting a couple points of it, but I couldn't fit all into one. Um, I could, but you wouldn't remember anything, okay? So I tried to break it up. Um, I want to hit on today really this idea of what righteousness is and what does it do for us, right? I I feel like Christianity, we have these big words like the word worthy and righteous and holy, and they're very Christian-y words that we can can even repeat them in worship. And honestly, I get wrecked by repeating them because I'm learning what these words mean every time I sing them. But um, make no mistake, like, these are deep wells of words that honestly will take a lifetime to understand what holiness really means and what does righteousness really mean. If you know what righteousness entails, let me know and I will sit under your class and whatever it takes, I will get it in you. Listen, righteousness, the, the righteousness of Christ is, is just, it's just being understood in small pieces right now. There's so much. There's so much of God that we don't know about. Can we just take a second that there's so much of who God is that we have no idea about? Can you imagine? We used to believe that salvation took days to achieve. It used to take days. I remember the story of Amy Simpson McPherson. She would go visit this woman on her walk every day, and eventually she heard about salvation. She says, I want to get saved. So then she would keep going back to that woman every day until she got saved. And salvation was something that you tarried for. It was something that you pressed in for. And now, now we have this understanding of salvation through, um, uh, by, by faith, through grace, by grace through faith, that we can just, we can literally put our faith, our belief in the Savior and we can be saved in an instant, in an instant. But you see how different, we didn't used to believe that. So our, our, our beliefs about who God is are changing radically. Over time, so I, I kind of I put this to uh, I think it was our home group a few weeks ago. What do you think we're going to believe in ten years that we don't believe now? Isn't that interesting? I, I'm not going to go down that road. That but that these words like righteousness in ten years, our kids are going to understand righteousness from a totally different perspective than we do because they're going to frame it in a totally different belief mindset. And I hope that our ceiling is their floor, as we like to say, right? All right, so let's talk about um, uh, righteousness. Three things I want to kind of hit on today. We're going to make a little bit of outline here. Is that when we believe we are righteous, it upgrades three different things. I'm going to hit on probably a lot more, but I'm going to to focus on a couple. It it upgrades our intimacy with God, our behavior, and our authority. Say intimacy. Intimacy. Behavior. Behavior. And authority. authority. All right, I'm going to start off with a little analogy. You guys ready? I'm going to read a story. Let's just imagine for yourself, you can close your eyes if, you're, if, you, if you want to, um, but let's just imagine before a couple gets married, right, before there are these two single people and they're each individuals, right, they have two individuals, they want to get married, they get engaged hopefully at first, they, and then they get married, they do it all in the right order, they get them married, but once they're married, they enter into a covenant. Marriage together, and what is the, What do they say when you get married? To become one, right? You are. I no longer pronounce you husband and wife. Let let God has joined together. Let no one separate. So there's a joining. Your marriage to somebody else is God is is supposed to represent, or vice versa, the marriage that we get in salvation to Christ. So two becoming one. So this idea that you're ever disconnected from your spouse is is actually it, it's it's a feeling, not a truth. Right? Well, I don't we really feel connected to my spouse. You know You're always connected to your spouse, just like you're always connected to Christ. Okay? When you get married, it's not just a signed piece of paper. It's a covenant. And covenants are actually written in blood. They're written in, in vows. Right, That's why we have our vows. And so let's just imagine for ourselves that when you got married, you got married to this person, and they said, to become one, awesome, we are one. Um, now the wife, uh, now she, she does this regardless of how many times Imagine if the bride in the marriage continually believed and referred to herself as a single person, even though she's married to her husband. And so she's like, oh, honey, I sure love you. I'm just a single person over here. In fact, she, she even, regardless of how many times the husband reminds her, no, no, honey, you're, you're my wife. You're my wife. And tells her, I love you. We got married. We we're one. No matter how many times the husband tries to convince her, she keeps believing it, tries to tell him otherwise. All right? Now... Uh, he might even say listen i gave everything i sacrificed my own identity to be with you to become one that that we, that we're married that we're one flesh but what if t- every time she had a conversation with the husband she started the conversation with thank you for marrying me honey i know i'm just a single person there's nothing good in me i know that i'm just i'm just a single person i know that honestly like I, I don't know why you married me. I'm, you, know, I, you, you married, you married down. I don't know why you, you know. If you, imagine the wife came into the relationship like this. How would that affect the intimacy in the relationship? Think about that for a second. Just in a marriage now. Don't make that leap quite yet. But imagine you're married to someone. Every time they come to you and they, they put themselves down, they think, well, someday, someday I'll be worthy of marrying you. Someday, someday I'll be one with you. Now, how would that affect the bride's confidence in this relationship, the wife? Right? She's married to this great guy, and she doesn't really believe that she's worthy of this marriage, but somehow she got married, but I'm still just a, how do you think she's going to act in this relationship? What's her behavior going to be like? On a day-to-day thing, she comes home to, go, to have dinner. What's she going to act like if she sees this union in this way? Do you guys understand? Now, let's just imagine our salvation and relationship with God. Let's make that leap. Some of you guys already made it. But even though we're a creation, we're crea- even though we are a new creation in Christ, imagine if we continue to refer to ourselves as just a sinner Saved by grace, right? Which remember last time, if you weren't here, I, I don't have time to recap. We talked about that our that old creation, our old nature is is dead, right? Our old, you know old is gone, the new has come. We are no longer sinners; we are saints, right? But imagine if we st- if we if we operate in our relationship with with God as our groom, we are the bri- we are the bride; He's the bridegroom. Imagine if we did that and we continue to refer to ourselves as just a sinner, even though that God gave his son as a sin sacrifice. And every time we had a conversation with God, think about that. We would start out with, God, thank you for saving me. I know I'm just a sinner. There's nothing good in me, but let's hang out. How would that affect your confidence in your relationship with him? How would it affect your intimacy how it affect your behavior. See, religion likes to create these different, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by a group. We create these little mindsets and beliefs that if they don't work in the context of a relationship with him, if they sound funny, like this sounds funny, right? If it doesn't sound like it belongs, we need to take a pretty good look at what we've been saying and repeating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't, get, don't get lost in some vernacular, some little tagline, whatever. That just seems like a really good, oh, more of you, less of me, God. Imagine if my wife came up to me and says, Oh, Jesse, I'm so glad you're home. I love you, it's been a great day. But just remember, Jesse, I want more of you and less of me. I'd be like, what are you talking about? We are one. How would that affect my right? like, ah, like, I'd be like, I'm going crazy, honey. I don't want less of you. I had less of you before. That's why I said I do. <laughs> right? But come on. Now, I know, now, and I can have grace for that, more of you, less of me. That's a basically saying, God, Lord, I just want your plans. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want my agenda. I just want, I want everything that you have for me, and I don't want my disobedience or my other ideas, my pride, all that stuff to get in the way. I get that. But even John the Baptist said it, but he was a forerunner. He was actually the one that was supposed to make a way for it. And then he was supposed to do this, duck out, because Christ had to increase so he could decrease. The, 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 actually, it was the, it was the, it was the, it was repentance baptism, right? And that it was, it was a baptism, and so Jesus was coming to the scene to a totally new baptism of love, of fire, and so... John had to actually back out with all of his disciples and say, listen, I'm off the scenes now. The guy that I'm not worth untie his sandals, he's here. But now we're, we're married. We're married to Jesus. There was a wedding. There's not going to be a wedding. There was a wedding. And you got saved into something that's, it's not a, it's not a. It's not a, a religious relationship. Let's look at some scriptures. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move a little quickly. Um, this is really different for me, so I'm, <laughs> I usually take my time. <laughs> um, I'm not going to have you get your Bibles out. I'm literally just going to read some scriptures, um, and you can just let it get in you if you want. 1 Peter 3.18. Let's talk about righteousness, okay? Because we're going to, really, righteousness believing you are righteous in right standing. That's one way of looking at righteousness, right? I'm justified just as if I had never sinned. Righteousness, I'm in right standing with God. I'm in right standing. You're not an equal with the king of kings, but you are equally yoked. You need to recognize this. You can't. We, when we get on our knees to worship him, it's, it's not a posture of my relationship and how we do life together. It's a posture of recognizing, God, I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came with all your glory. And, and I'm on my knees to honor who he is, that he's way bigger than I could ever imagine. And yet, he chose to call me a son And a bride, he didn't choose a servant, did he? He chose a friend because friends know what their friends are talking about. So don't disconnect aspects of your your Christianity when you're like trying to find out. I'm going to get the scriptures. I know I will. But when you're trying to figure out like what am I supposed to do next, God? What am I supposed to do next, God? Only your will be done. Only your will. That's you disconnecting your, the relational side with you and the Father into a religious act of, oh, Lord, only you, whatever you want to do next. I'm not saying you can't do that, but do it with Father. I just want to be fathered in this. I just want to walk with you on this journey to my next career, to my next job, my next whatever. We're in this together. This is beautiful. I'm equally yoked with the greatest job consultant ever. Like, this is wonderful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you can't pay your bills this month, and you're like, oh, Lord, if you'd only help me. It's like disconnected again. Yeah, yeah. To reconnect. Oh, Lord, God, you're so good. You've never let me down. We've done this together. My hand's never been separated from your hand. I am connected to the greatest financial analyst the world has ever known. The man that created money, like, it's just you and me in this and and, and the rest of my church. But God, we're doing this together. Why would I ever be afraid? How do you know what you're doing? Your words will tell you how you're thinking about this relationship. And the heart of this, the heart of this is your understanding, your believing that you are righteous, right standing in this marriage. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, for the just and the unjust. He's knocking on everybody's door." So that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He is bringing us to God. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Remember we talked about last week that we were co-crucified together with one. We were crucified with, crucified with Christ. It doesn't mean that you are on a separate tree. You are on the same cross that Jesus was on. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ, he lives in me. The li- this is the union in me. I have been married to my wife. The life I live, I no longer live. But now I live a life with and in my wife, and she's in me. Come on. You never thought of that. Come on now. All right. <laughs> and the life I live, I, I, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me, gave himself for me. See, so your flesh actually isn't, isn't bad. He saved your flesh. He saved your imagination. He, you, can, you can now use your imagination again. Hallelujah. You thought that was the old, you know, it's, it's good. Everything in your imagination is from the Lord. You just got to figure out how to use it properly and accurately. But listen, you were fully saved. In this flesh, you are now called to live out in faith, in the spirit. In fact, Paul actually later talks about it, I forget where. He says, um, he says, he says nurture your flesh. Why? Because he made it. He gave it to you. He loves your flesh. He says, he says use your body for good. All right, all right, moving on. Okay, uh, Colossians 3.3, 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love this. It's, if, if you ever sin or mess up, if you ever do this, if, right? Everybody say if. Yes. If, right, if, right, if, not when, if. Stop saying when. Stop saying I know I will. Just say if. And if it happens, 1 John says you have a mediator. You have someone that will actually, an advocate. That's what it says. Thank you. Romans 6, 6. Um, Actually, I don't have this one down. Let me me look it up. Ah, scripture, Jesus. Romans 6, 6. I'll just read verse five. For if we have become united with him in in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. See, we like to think that I died with Christ. Oh, not yet, not yet. Shh, you didn't see that. Okay. (laughs) Knowing this, verse six, that... (laughs) I love it, you guys are on it. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. If you've died in Christ and resurrected with him, you are free from sin. Remember, you're one with him. So anything that doesn't apply to Jesus no longer applies to you. I'm going to say that again. Because you are one with him, anything that does not apply to Jesus no longer applies to you. Okay, how you you apply that to your world is up to you though. That's what maturity looks like. That's what maturing looks like. It means further understanding what my righteousness means to me. All right, now listen, I'm going I'm to break this out a little bit. So the word destroy or done away with, right, says um, that our body of sin might be done away with is the word destroyed. It's cartagio, I think it's called, it's, it's And it says, it says it's to. Co- I'm going to read out some definitions. You guys ready? We're geeking out. I love this. All right, it means to, to cause, to cease, to put an end to, to do away with, to annul, to abolish, to annul. What do you do with annuling? What does that make you think of? You annul a marriage. Isn't this great? Get this, you guys. When Jesus, when you died with Christ and got raised up with him, your old marriage to your old nature was annulled. And you got remarried. That's beautiful. All right, so it means to cease, to pass away, to be done away, to be severed, separated from, discharged from, loose from, from anyone, to terminate all intercourse with to terminate all intimacy with what? Your sin nature. Oh, so you died to all the old things you used to do, all the tendencies. Remember, we talked about this yet last time. You were prone to, to leaving God. You were prone to bad decisions. You were prone to not hearing him. Blessed be to God, he did this. It says, I'll read it again. Oh, so, so this is, you can pop that up there. So this is, now that we know that, 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 that list of what done away with, destroyed the sin nature means, let's read it this way. You know that your old self was crucified with Christ. In order that your body of sin might be rendered inactive, destroyed, made completely inoperative and done away with so that you could be completely severed from it, no longer enslaved to it. take a pause here. If you're one of those people like me, you might be wondering, but how? But how do I live this out? I need structure. Some of you guys are like, hallelujah, let's be done. (laughs) (laughs) We're all different and we're all beautiful in these ways. All I can say is the question marks of how, right? And we say how because we've tried. We've tried to live this out. Uh, he, he, I'm not gonna be able to get all of my notes done and do this fun little three-part thing. It's just not gonna work because I need to end for for a, f- a few things. But I'll, I'll say this: I can do this. I, I I have good beliefs about myself. Our first point: believing, believing. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. (laughs) Believing in, in our righteousness, it upgrades our intimacy. How? I think you guys see it. When we believe we are who he says, when we believe that we are righteous, right standing, fully in union, it doesn't apply to him, it doesn't apply to us, it means that we can actually have intimacy because we're not saying weird things. Weird things like, oh, oh, husband of mine, less of me. He's like, get in this bed. <laughs> he is, though. Sit closer to me. Stop sitting on the side of the couch. You're worthy. I hid you in my son Jesus. Get over here. Intimacy. Our behavior. Listen, when we believe about ourselves, we'll always affect our behavior. So what does seeking righteousness look like? Matthew six thirty three. But seek first his righteousness. Say that again. Say His. His righteousness. Say it again. His righteousness. When you start seeking, how do I make this righteousness happen? You start thinking about all the areas where you don't think you qualify. It's, that is when you start going down that road and sitting the, on the other end of the couch. Because you are keenly aware that you can't do it. But when you seek His righteousness and His kingdom all these things would be given to you as well. So listen, the goal here isn't for you to focus on your righteousness and be like, I'm righteous, I'm righteous, I'm righteous. I'm... Don't say that to me, that's negative. I'm righteous, I'm right. It's not. You're not fighting against flesh and blood anymore. You're not fighting against your thoughts. You let those thoughts just pass you by because they don't matter to you anymore. You just focus on his righteousness. That's what worship is about. When you recognize how good he is, he reminds you how good you are. And you can't help snuggle up next to him on the couch. You're like, oh my gosh. There's all this, there's this real estate. We can't have that. Just sit right next to you. And before long, you run to the front. You start worshiping and tears start coming down because you're like, I don't know why I waited. I don't know why I waited. I've been saved 20 years. I don't know why I waited. I'm righteous. Come boldly before the throne. All right, last, no. Um. <laughs> I had all these stories and things. You don't get any of it. All right. <laughs> oh, Last, I'll just say this. Believing in your righteousness upgrades your authority. Your authority. You are never further from praying for someone than when you feel you've messed up with God. When you have that feeling of like, I'm not connected to him, you are never further from, from praying for someone. I'm not saying you won't cross that line and do it anyway and be powerful, but that feeling of, of taking authority and seeing a leg get healed, seeing someone get loved on. And, and, st- and I love the, the story about Walmart with, um, with Tabitha. It was, it was just like, I just felt like God loves you and he's going to get you through it. I mean, that's so simple. That's all you said. But when you don't feel connected to him, it's like everything stands in your way. And so recognizing our authority, recognizing our righteousness brings intimacy, which then that intimacy brings a belief that that I'm going to actually move next to him. And so our behaviors are changed and transformed. And when we move next to him, everybody looks like they're open and ready to hear about the love of Jesus. And you're not worried about what's going to happen because I walk with so much authority. Because I'm hand in hand. Think of how much authority you feel like you have if you're like, oh Lord, I'm just a worm, just a sinner, I've messed up so many times, I'm so glad you haven't left me yet. I would have left me all sorts of times by now, but you didn't, let's keep doing life together. (laughs) Come on, you know it, this is exactly how we talk and we think and we feel sometimes. Just kick that stuff out of bed. <laughs> okay. How do I wrap this up? Thank you, Lord. So he's here's a, I want to I want to challenge you up this. I want you to stand up for me. <laughs> I, I honestly believe like I, I I think we got a couple switches switched in our head this morning, which is, if we can just get one switch flipped every Sunday, Come on. Come on. We're, we're, <laughs> we, we are going to be doing really well. I want to I challenge you guys to begin drawing conclusions about yourself. And how do you do that? See, listen, we have to be concluded. Say concluded. concluded. What does concluded mean? it means i've 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 come to a place where i have agreed with this thing yeah. i am concluded i insist i believe this and the way we do that is we look for evidence that reinforces our beliefs that's how we get conclusions right we come to conclusions because we see evidence that that backs up what we just heard right i want you to start looking f- for evidence and why he calls you righteous. See, it's really easy to spot the bad stuff. I don't know why it is. It just is. I wish it wasn't so true. But it's very easy for us to see the little moments that we missed it. I want to challenge you guys to start spotting the moments when you don't miss it. Okay? I don't, and I don't really know how to encourage you to do this more. But I just want to challenge you with that. So whatever you do with that, that's up to you. I want to challenge you. To to be concluded about this stuff. And to be concluded, you have to have evidence. Whether it's in worship, I I conclude this stuff by laying down in worship sometimes and just saying, God, tell me again how much you love me. And I just keep listening to the evidence. I love you so much. You're amazing. You're my son. Can I tell you again how many dreams I have for you? Yes, you can, God. Thank you. (laughs) I do this, I'm serious. Come hang out with me. I insist. There's lots of room up front in worship. And the last thing I ask you to do is learn to discount anything that runs contrary to what you're trying to conclude. Discount it. One way somebody told me, and it sounded so fun, they said, I just let that thought go on by. I just let it, just let it walk on by. I go, oh, that's not a good thought. Let that go on by. There's no requirement for you to steward Thoughts that don't conclude you the right conclusion. It's not spiritual. It's not even emotionally healthy. If you hear a thought that's not that you know, it's not what the Father thinks about you, you can let it walk on by. That doesn't mean you process through hard things, but it means when you know that that's a lie, you let it go by. Because by the way, processing lies has never helped anybody okay, processing what you're feeling and the emotions that are happening in your your body right now, that's profitable when you do it in a a great way. But don't let lies hang out and scream, hey, 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 you should spend some time with me. So challenge your beliefs. Look for areas that support the conclusion of of not just today, but every aspect of our identity series, all right? Why don't you put your hand on your heart right now? Remember, your heart is the wellspring of life, that everything, all the things of life come out of your heart. They go through your mind and out of your mouth. So, Father, would you... Actually, let me back up. We need to be careful how we pray. Father, thank you for writing your name on my heart. Thank you that you gave us a heart of flesh and took out a heart of stone. Thank you that you divorced us from our past life, God, and that you remarried us into this beautiful marriage, God. And I want you to right now, if this isn't you, don't don't worry about doing it. But for some of us, I feel like this is really true. I want you to just take a second and repent for trying to live up to a standard of intimacy. That if I just read the Bible more, I'd be more intimate with him. That if I just had more quiet time without kids around me, I'd have more intimacy. And all that stuff is really good. But trying to live up to righteousness is the fastest way to have defeat. And so right now, just repent for, you can just say all of it, God. (laughs) All of it. But if you have a couple things that come to mind, say, Father, I just repent from that. I'm so sorry. And then just ask him this. Say, Father, would you father me in this? (laughs) Would Would you father me? Would you lead me? Would you raise me up into this, God? We want to seek your kingdom. We want to seek your righteousness, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah come on. Yeah, Father, I'm sorry for trying to rush around. Trying to be in a hurry, God. I'm sorry for not having enough time for intimacy. I made this into something totally different. Yeah. And Father, I pray right now you change our language. I pray we would start catching our our verbs and our nouns and our conjunctions and everything else, God, that has somehow turned us into this into a religion and less of a relationship that leaves us like a mess on the floor with you, yeah, yeah, we love you, God, we love you, we love you, just tell him right now, just tell him it' yes, he loves you, and it's good, but he you it's it's just really good to just pour out your love and let's let your heart know. I'm in this. I love you. I said yes. I said I do. I'm in this. I love being one with you, God. I love being married to you, God. Would you father us and teach us and lead us? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Give me a hand. Thank you, God. Ah! I feel like he's flipping switches in my life all the time. Thank you, Lord, for switched flips, flips switched. <laughs> There's a Brian Regan skit on YouTube. You can flip that switch. Anyway, it just keeps going through my head. Hey, if you're on the prayer team, come on up. Um, do you, is you want to tell the prayer team come up? You know, just have a, okay, so prayer team, come on up. If you want to get prayer, I suggest getting it soon because the prayer team has a five-minute meeting. Um, the Elements course will be starting probably in like probably seven to ten minutes, I believe. Um, and you're going to want to jump into that on time. So um, awesome. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, I'll see you next week. All right.